Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. That's Corey Joel. And you can read my regular uh, column in Agents Take at CBSSports.com. This week, we are going to talk about uh, DeAndre Hopkins' landmark contract, uh, changes in the cornerback market, uh, with the Tredavious White and Jalen Ramsey deals, and also a running back contract that uh, was unexpected, Kareem Hunt doing an extension with the Cleveland Browns. But first up, um, DeAndre Hopkins' deal. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was traded in March, uh, surprising trade, uh, essentially for uh, David Johnson um, from the Texans to the Cardinals. There's some this is swapping picks, but it was essentially a player-for-player player trade. Um, Hopkins had three years left on his contract. He signed a um, five-year, $81 million extension in 2017 with the Texans. He had $39.915 million uh, left on his three uh, years of his contract. Part of the reason of the trade was that the Texans weren't going to address his contract in, in a meaningful way at least in a way where uh, he was going to be uh, satisfied. On Tuesday, uh, the Cardinals made DeAndre Hopkins the highest-paid non-quarterback in NFL history on a two-year extension for $54.5 million, um, averaging $27.25 million per year. The guy who was the highest-paid non-quarterback was Joey Bosa of the Chargers, the defensive end, at $27 million per year. Wasn't anticipating anybody surpassing uh, Joey Bosa this year, especially not a wide receiver. Um, you haven't had a wide receiver become the highest-paid non-quarterback in the league since Larry Fitzgerald in 2011 when um, he surpassed Richard Seymour. And then the following year, you had Calvin Johnson do it. Uh, surpass uh, Larry Fitzgerald barely. Ever since uh, 2014, the highest paid non-quarterback in the league has been uh, someone who pretty much rushes the passer, um, a defensive lineman. It was J.J. Watt was the guy who took over in 2014. Uh, then Indama uh in free agency uh, became the highest paid guy. Uh, Von Miller uh, eclipsed him. And then we had Aaron Donald become the first $20 million per year non-quarterback. A couple days later, Khalil Mack overtook him. Uh, it was two years for Khalil Mack basically to be the highest paid guy. Then it went to Miles Garrett. He was barely, the ink was barely drawing his contract before Joey Bosa um, overtook him. There's some people who've been, in my opinion, um, mischaracterizing this deal because Hopkins is under contract for five years uh, for $94.415 million. Now, in NFL contract negotiations, when you have time remaining on your contract, the negotiations are over the number of new years and how much new money will be added to the deal. You're not ripping the contract up and you're not starting anew. That is not how NFL contracts work uh, in veteran player negotiations where there are remaining years. 
I was an agent for a long time. Every deal that I had when a player had time left, that's what the negotiations were over. So the proper way to look at this thing is a two-year, $54.5 million extension. You know, if you're going to rip, rip up the deal, you're not going to have a deal which is going to end with an average of 18.883. It's going to be 19 million, 20 million, 21 million. So let's just get that out of the way first. Um, the deal contains 42.75 million uh, that's fully guaranteed. There's a 27.5 million dollar signing bonus. That is the biggest signing bonus ever for a wide receiver in NFL history. And also, uh, there's uh, 49.4 million of overall guarantees um, in the deal. The cash through the first three years is 60.05 million. Um, but the way it works, there's a 10.65 million dollar roster bonus, March roster bonus in the third year. There's a 6.65 million dollar um, base salary in 2021. I mean, 2022, that is guaranteed for injury. It's signing and becomes fully guaranteed next March. The Cardinals aren't going to have that guarantee vest early and then cut Hopkins uh, before the roster bonus is due in March 2022. So essentially, there's 60.05 practically guaranteed, which is the first three years. Uh, so Hopkins is getting a raise of $20.135 million over the three remaining years of his contract. Now, the fact that DeAndre Hopkins could become the highest-paid non-quarterback with three years left on his deal just kind of blows my mind. We had last year a situation where there was a player at three years left on his contract, um, Antonio Brown, and what, how that was addressed in his trade from Pittsburgh to the Raiders was they added $11.2 million to existing three years. Hopkins took a whole different route. Um, I'm assuming that they weren't, the Cardinals weren't going to address his contract in a satisfactory way by adding money this year, so he ended up doing an extension. Now, uh, there are a couple things about this extension, <laughs> which I'm quite frankly shocked uh, exist, that he can void the 2024 contract year, the final year of the deal. And it's very front-loaded. That through 2023, the uh, first new year, he's get well made a little over 72.5% of the new money. You typically, even if you don't have the void, you're not going to see a two-year extension with that much money, of the new money, through the first year. Maybe at best you can get to in the low 60s, but it shouldn't be that exaggerated or front-loaded. Now, how Hopkins can get out of the contract is he's got four different ways to void based on his 20 through 2023 performance. If Hopkins catches at least 400 passes during those four years, um, has 5,000 more receiving yards, 40 or more receiving touchdowns, or is named first-team All-Pro in each of those years by any of the recognized entities in the CBA, that would be the Pro Football Writers of America, uh, Sporting News, or the Associated Press. Now, I know that seems like a daunting task to hit those um, thresholds, but it's something he's done before in his career. He's hit 400 catches from a four-year span of 2015 through 2018. Uh, he's had 
5,000 or more receiving yards in three different four-year periods. Um, his best is 5,425 receiving yards. That was also through 2015 through 18. 2014 through 17, he had 5,063 uh, receiving yards. In 2016 through 19, he had 5,069 uh, receiving yards. He's never gotten to 40 uh, touchdowns in four straight seasons. His best is 39. And he currently has a three-year streak of being first-team All-Pro. Uh, that's the longest streak of his career. Um, there's another clause, and there are two other clauses. One, he's got a no-trade clause, which ensures that um, he's going to remain of Arizona. They can't get rid of him if they want to. And they gave him a clause which prevents them from putting a franchise or transition tag on him if he can void out of the deal or it expires after the 2024 season if he uh, doesn't uh, void out of the deal. <laughs> Now, if he does void out of the deal, he has a one-year extension at $39.585 million, which is just crazy. To put that in a little perspective, assuming he can void out, that's basically, as of right now, would make him the second highest paid player in the NFL because Deshaun Watson, his former quarterback for the Texans, last weekend signed a four-year extension averaging $39 million per year. So we're talking about a guy that would give up one new year and basically would sign a one-year extension for slightly over $39.5 million. Hopkins would be 31 if he voided the deal, and he would have extreme leverage for a new contract just because you can't keep him from hitting free agency because you can't put the franchise tag on him. And if he's performing at that level, he's going to be in discussion, I would think, for being the best wide receiver in football. Uh, So he would be able to get back to the bargaining table and increase upon this deal because by then there's going to be a $30 million per year uh, non-quarterback. Because I can't imagine that when Nick Bosa signs his contract, it's going to be uh, under $30 million per year. This, this deal is something that I never expected to see for a guy who was negotiating his own contract. Because uh, Hopkins um, got rid of uh, Todd France uh, this summer. That's, that was his agent, um, who, re- who also represents uh, Dak Prescott. And... Uh, Fletcher Cox uh, to do the deal himself with um, a couple of trusted advisors is what um, I read that is how he decided to do it but let's put this deal in a little more perspective Um, highest paid quarterback um, in NFL history Um, the cash flow um, in terms of wide receivers it's not quite the best you've ever seen for a um, wide receiver. Julio Jones in the extension he did two years ago. His cash uh, was $66 million, um, through uh, three years, but Hopkins is second. Mari Cooper's uh, free agency extension this year has $60 million. Um, in terms of guarantees, um, $42.75 million is the second best ever in a wide receiver contract. Hop, Julio Jones had $64 million fully guaranteed at signing. Now, I suspect that Hopkins is below uh, Jones in these categories 
for one reason. He can void out. So the Cardinals are only going to do so much if they're going to give you, uh, and they did a whole lot more than I think anybody else imagined they ever could do, uh, and let let you void out. Um, maybe if there wasn't a void, then the contract would look a little differently, and his first three years would have been fully guaranteed at signing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One thing that I look at that a lot of people don't is I want to see where the contract uh, stacks up uh, historically. So I've been adjusting contracts for cap inflation uh, for over 20 years. Uh, That's something that I started um, when John Randall was a transition player because from the time his, his contract was ending was when new TV money was coming in and the cap took a huge jump, almost 25%. They didn't smooth in the uh, money from the increase in the TV deals. They dumped it into the first year, and then the cap remained pretty flat um, every year after that, instead of how it's done now, where they smooth it in, and the cap keeps going up a uh, pretty healthy rate each year. I didn't know how to really um, come up with a target or asking price for John, uh, because all the deals which were done were based on the old TV deals. So I just adjusted the, the deals that were in existence by how much the, the, the cap had gone up thanks to TV money, and that was basically adjusting deals for cap inflation. Now, when you do that for uh, Hopkins, um, it makes him the highest-paid non-quarterback, not only now, but since the 2011 CBA was implemented. Uh, nobody's... When you adjust all these deals, nobody tops that. Nobody tops him. Then I've also adjusted all contracts dating back to the salary cap era in the, in the early 90s. When the first year of the salary cap, I believe, was 94. And he's seventh overall when you adjust all those contracts. There's the, the six players ahead of him, Michael Strahan, uh, Terrell Davis, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, all Hall of Famers. And the Moss deal is sixth, which is right directly in front of Hopkins. And if you adjust that deal, then it equates to just under $27.35 million per year. That's the um, $9.3 million per year extension uh, that uh, Moss signed in 2001. Hopkins... Uh, did a deal that I don't think a lot of agents would be able to do. One, I don't know if they're gonna, agents are going to ask for the void and there's no franchise tag in the negotiation. Uh, Hopkins uh, wants to be or has aspirations to be a GM, so his his, his first or initial entry into the NFL business world, I got to I gotta say the guy gets a grand slam home run for what he's done with this contract, so... Uh, once his playing career is over and he goes uh, on the front office uh, track, who knows, maybe you're going to see him down the road being mentioned for 
NFL Executive of the Year if uh, this is any indication of uh, what he's done with this deal for what will happen once he becomes um, a front office executive. But hats off to DeAndre Hopkins doing a deal that I'm quietly stunned, quite frankly stunned to see some of the things in this deal. <laughs> never, never thought he'd become the highest paid non-quarterback in the league and certainly never thought that he'd be able to, if he became the highest paid non-quarterback in the league, have a way to get out of the deal where he can get back to the bargaining table again and also get a no-franchise tag clause, no, no franchise or transition tag clause um, as well. Now on to the cornerbacks. About a week ago, uh, Tredavious White became the highest paid cornerback in the league. Uh, he signed a four-year, $69 million extension worth up to $70 million with uh, honors incentives for Pro Bowl or first team All-NFL, which averages $17.25 million per year. Had, had the most overall guarantees for a cornerback at $55 million. $37 million was fully guaranteed at signing. Um, I think he sold himself a little bit short here. Um, he was first team All-Pro last year. And also, I think he jumped the gun. Um, pulled the trigger a little too soon. Uh, to me, I would have waited. I wouldn't have done this deal knowing that the Rams and Jalen Ramsey were in negotiations and that Jalen Ramsey had a ton of leverage because they gave up a couple of first-round picks and a fourth-round pick to get him. So that was going to be an extremely strong deal. I would have been under the impression that Jalen Ramsey would become the first $20 million per year um, defensive back. If I represented Tredavious White, I would have called David David Mulugata, who represents uh, Jalen Ramsey, just to get the lay of the land if he'd give me something. And he probably would want to be helpful because he wouldn't want me to do anything uh, which would jeopardize his ability to get where he would want to go. So if I came in and undercut the market, then if he was trying to really reset the cornerback market in a huge way, I would hinder his efforts. And I think that's what this deal did. Because Darius Slay was the highest paid guy at just under $17 million on uh, in the sign and trade extension he had when he went from the Lions to the uh, Eagles uh, right when the league year started in March. But knowing what Ramsey was trying to get, my best deal would come uh, by waiting until Ramsey got done. And if I couldn't, if Ramsey couldn't get his deal done by the today, uh, before before the game started, the last day before the game started, I'd have to pull the trigger at that point in time. But I'm not sure what the rush was to get this deal done. Now, Ramsey did get done a couple of days ago, middle of the week. And he's the first $20 million per year uh, defensive back. Uh, Ramsey signed a five-year $100 million extension. Um, can max out at $105 million uh, with the uh, salary escalators, which are based on Pro Bowls, uh, interceptions, and first-team All-NFL, and also team success uh, to get the full uh, $105 million. There's a cornerback record, $43.703 million fully guaranteed at signing. It was Byron Jones at $40 million. And a cornerback record, $71.203 million um, in overall guarantees. 
So <laughs> White coming in at 17.25 million per year did not do Ramsey any favors. If I'm the Rams, when that deal comes in where it does, if we're negotiating and we were at like 18 and a half or something at that point or 19, I wouldn't have been inclined to move much if I'm the uh, if I'm the Rams, uh, just because there shouldn't be that much of a gap between Ramsey and White. White was the one who was first team all all pro last year. Ramsey was not. Uh, if you put any stock into those types of things. But he did get to 20, uh, maybe without that deal coming in where it does. If it comes in at 19, 18 and a half, maybe Ramsey's a 21, 22, who knows? Uh, because all the leverage he had. But that deal by White didn't necessarily help Ramsey get where he wanted to go. Now, if White had waited and Ramsey's at 20, you really should be at 19 at worst case scenario. You could use that deal as ammunition to go from what you actually signed if negotiation had kind of stalled out there to say, hey, he's a 20. I had a better year last year. I've got more upside is what I'd say if I'm um, White's guy and try to get as close to Ramsey as possible. So I think White, by jumping the gun, pulling the trigger early, left money on the table and also potentially did some damage and harm to uh, Ramsey trying to get his deal done. One thing that I would have used as Ramsey to try to mitigate that is once DeAndre Hopkins came in where he did, I would have made the argument that, hey, we can't have the wide receiver market jumping this much and being that much greater than the cornerback market. So I'd try to use that as ammunition to mitigate any damage that White did um, in the negotiations that I was having if I represented uh, Jalen Ramsey. The guy who's going to be happy about this, too, guys, Marlon Marlon, uh, Humphrey and Marshawn Lattimore because uh, they'll reap the benefit of this Ramsey deal, and they're going to they're gonna blow past, I would imagine, uh, Tredavious White. Both of them will. Humphrey is an interesting case because Marcus Peters signed last year for $14 million per year right at the end of the regular season, which seemed a little suspicious at the timing, but I've heard that this was really driven by Peters, that Peters wanted to do the short-term deal uh, because of some of the baggage that he's had in, in, in his career, uh, been traded, didn't have a lot of takers uh, when he went from uh, Kansas City to the uh, to the Rams. He was a little concerned that, that was going to impact him in free agency, so he took the 14 million, which is which was top safety money at the time, on a three-year extension, uh, three-year deal uh, in Baltimore. Now I'd be curious to see if the Ravens try to hold the line and use that deal against Humphrey uh, when they do the negotiations with him but white just didn't do ramsey any favors now on to a a very interesting deal to me uh kareem hunt uh signed a two-year extension uh with the uh, cleveland browns uh nick chubb is their starting running back uh he was second in the league in rushing last year behind um barrick henry and hunt had his uh personal problems he won the rushing title as a rookie in 2017 with the Chiefs, and then late in the 2018 year when a videotape sur- surfaced of him assaulting a woman while he was home in Cleveland they get during the offseason, they cut him promptly. And he served an eight-game suspension last year under the personal conduct policy. Uh, Cleveland thought enough of him to put a second-round RFA tender on him, restricted free agent tender on him, which was supposed to make $3.25 million to $2.59 million before um, doing his two-year extension. He gets an $800,000 raise this year. There's no 
signing bonus, no proration in this deal. There's um, eight and a half million in guarantees. Uh, he's got a little over five million fully guaranteed at signing. Uh, it's a two-year extension uh, for twelve million dollars, and there are escalators which can push the grand total to thirteen point two five million. I understand the whole thing about wanting to uh, be receptive or reward Cleveland for giving you a second chance and show your loyalty. Hunt's from Cleveland, so that had some appeal. But the NFL, those three letters are a lot of acronyms for it. Uh, Not for long. Uh, Another one is no effing loyalty. (laughs) So there's a great deal for the team because you take all the personal problems out of the way (laughs) at a minimum. This is a guy that's a $12 million per year running back. That's Joe Mixon. He's better than Joe Mixon when they were both rookies. <laughs> um, so we're talking a guy, maybe he's just on pure ability. He's a dual threat back. 13, 14, 15 million per year. And I don't know why you're doing a deal where you're at best in a timeshare and you've got one of the best young running backs in front of you, so your main role, if it's anything like last year, is a third down back because of Nick Chubb, I wouldn't want to be tied to a team that potentially could re-sign Nick Chubb. You'd have an expensive backfield if you sign Chubb next year when he's eligible for a new deal, and you have uh, Hunt um, on this deal. Uh, but I know it's hometown. I wouldn't want to be here, potentially with Nick Chubb. Now, if Cleveland is going to... Uh, think uh, Hunt's the guy and save money long term and let Chubb go elsewhere, then they've got an even better deal. <laughs> uh, because then they've got a great running back on a cost-contained contract. Um, I'm pretty sure that if they're going to re-sign Nick Chubb, they're going to leverage this deal against Nick Chubb to kind of depress uh, what they will pay him. But this deal is structured in a unusual way because it's very clear that uh, Cleveland still is punishing Hunt for his past transgression, past transgressions, because there's there are guarantees, but his base salary is, in 2021 becomes fully guaranteed in 2021. He's got a series of different categories of roster bonuses in this deal, which you don't see too often. He's got a million dollar training camp roster bonus next year um, that's fully guaranteed now. He's got another $500,000 bonus for being on the 53-man roster for one week. He's got $500,000 of per-game roster bonuses in 2021. And he's got a $1.7 million roster bonus for being on the roster at the end of the season. Then he's got similar things in 2022. A million-dollar workout bonus to go for his $1.35 million base. It's based in 2021. Is um. 1.3, I'm talking 2022 now, $1.35 million base. He's got a $500,000 one week uh, being on the roster bonus for the team for one week, 50-man roster one week. He's got $2.55 million in per-game roster bonuses and an $850,000 into-the-season roster bonus. So this is a very team-friendly deal where he basically has to stay healthy, be around, keep his nose clean, and he's going to get his money which if he gets the opportunity to play and is every bit as good as we think he is, he's making probably less than half of what he should be on the extension average, which is $6 million per year. But anyway, that's uh, going to wrap up this week's edition of uh, Inside the Cap. 
I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, Don't forget you can find me on Twitter. I'm Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And my regular uh, column in Agents Take at Um, CBSSports.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back here uh, for more topics to cover next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.